Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, everybody. This is your host, Pastor and Bible reader, Sean McCain, and I'd to welcome everybody to Sacred Sunday. As we have reading and going through the Bible, as we have been through the years, and we are finally on uh, Revelation. Yes, we're here today, faithful listeners, and um, I'm not too happy about it. I'm uh, humbly here at the precipice, uh, standing here at the door of Revelation. Um, The moon has been blood red every night because of the fires in California. Um, Very unhappy about the world events that are happening. Uh, We're in the midst of a a worldwide strange virus that is killing people. Uh, We're almost at 200,000 in United States alone, and it's uh, wreaking havoc worldwide. So we're having one catastrophe after the next and a lot of violence and craziness all over the world. And, you know, now it's nine time to read Revelation. That is, uh, I was going to be talking about all this. And uh, it had been foretold. So I come into this with a heavy heart, and I'm just going to bring – just read it and we're here, okay? I haven't been looking forward to this, but you know, I'm here reading it and I'm going to be doing it. So, uh, I'm a faithful servant and I'll do what God wants me to do. And He has me reading this Bible. We've made it up to here, so I'm going to continue to do so. So, let's open with the Our Father as we bow our heads. And humbly asked him to bless us today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Bless us, Father, every one of us. Bless us, Father, every one of us. In your name, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, be with us. And help us heal every one of us. Protect us. Guard us. Guard our hearts, God. Protect us from sin. Help us from every one of our ills, our illnesses, our depression, our anxiety. Free us from our addictions. Please, God, help us with our hunger. Please, God, protect us from every evil that has a foot in this world. Please protect us, God. Help us. Help us deal with our stress and strife and things that hurt us and harm us. We give thanks, God, who have given to us so wholeheartedly. We give thanks for the blessings that we have received. Thank you so much, God, for those that have helped us. We surely, surely appreciate it. Those gifts that have been given to us, thank you so much. And those that have been so generous to me personally, I thank you for that too, God. Thank you. May people that have helped me be blessed seven times over, seven times, seven times, seven. Thank you so much, God. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. 
So now we're going to go and we're going to read this. We're going to tackle Revelations chapter 1, the mark of the beast and how to avoid it. Ah, here we go. So Jesus is the son of God, but he was also a human. The book opens with our narrator, John. He's just a mild-mannered Christian guy living in exile. Pow! God hits him with a doozy of a resolution. Hey, that's not a bad idea for a title. John is told to write down everything God shows him. And boy, is God going to show him some strange things. First, God sees a vision of heaven. There he meets God and Jesus and all sorts of other angels, elders, and weird six-winged creatures that inhabit the heavenly realms. After a brief how do you do, John sees Jesus come forward in the form of a six-eyed lamb and opens seven seals. Each of the seals lets loose God's fury on earth. We're talking rivers of blood, plagues of locusts, giant hailstones, 20 more seasons of Jersey Shore. Oops. The last seal unleashes seven angelic trumpeters, which in turn unleashes seven bowls of God's judgment. Yep, God really has a thing for sevens and pouring down his wrath on non-believers. The rivers of blood not freaking you out enough? While all this is happening, John sees a pretty hideous creature lurking around. A giant red dragon, a beast with seven heads, and another beast, who also happens to love the number 666. John is told that these baddies have been busy convincing the people of Earth to worship him instead of God. They also like to kill Christians and just generally be evil. Things are not going to go well for them. After God sends all the plague to the earth and loads of people die, eek, he has the armies of heaven wipe the dragon and the two beasts off the face of the earth, literally. They get thrown in the lake of fire along with all their followers who refuse to worship God. As for all the faithful Christians who stayed strong and kept the faith in Jesus, They go to a splendid city in the sky where the streets are paved with gold and diamonds and nothing bad ever happens to anyone ever again and it's all good. So that's the short version. So let's go open our Bible to the Revelation in our holy book. The Revelation. Author is John. The date is the 90s. Authorship. Now, of course, I'm reading the Ryrie Study Bible. I stick to the same Bible. Authorship. According to the book itself, the author's name was John, a prophet. Traditionally, this John has been identified as John the Apostle, the son of Zebedee. The style of revelation is different from that of the Apostle and the three epistles of John. does not prove that the revelation was written by a different John. The nature of the apocalyptic literature the fact is that the revelation was given in a vision, and the circumstances of John being a prisoner could easily account for the differences in style. The date. Clearly, the revelation was written in a period when Christians were being threatened by Rome, undoubtedly by pressure to make them recant their faith and accept the cult of emperor worship. Some maintain that the book was written during Nero's persecution of Christians after the burning of Rome, A.D. 64, However, the more probable date is during the harsh reign of that warped personality, Dominion, A.D. 81-96. This later date for the book was held by the church father, Irenaeus, 
and other early Christian writers, and it agrees better with the picture of complacency and the defection of churches in chapter 2 and 3. This dating widely accepted by modern scholars. Interpretation. There are four principal viewpoints concerning their interpretation of this book. One, preterist, which views the prophecies of this book as having been fulfilled in the early history of the church. The historical, which understands the book as portraying a panorama of the history of the church in the days of John and to the end of time. The idealist, which concerns considers the book a pictorial unfolding the great principles in constant conflict without reference to actual events. And the futurist, which views most of the book as prophecy yet to be fulfilled. The futurist is a viewpoint taken in these notes basing the principle of interpreting the text plainly. The book is a revelation or apocalypse, and such is expected to be understood. Much of it is frighteningly clear. Some symbols are explained, others are not. It is always important to notice carefully the words like, as, for these words indicate a comparison, not an identification. Contents. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he is the center of the entire book. He is risen in glory, and he directs his churches on earth, and he is the slain and the risen lamb to whom all worship is directed. The judgments of his coming, seven-year period of tribulation on this earth, are the display of the wrath of the lamb, and the return of Christ to this earth is described. And the millennial reign of Christ is described in chapter 20, and the new heavens and the new earth in chapters 21 and 22. The outline of the book is indicated in 119, and the things that John had seen, including the visions of the risen Christ in chapter 1, the things which are as described in the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor in chapters 2 and 3, the things that shall take place after these things are prophecies in chapters 4 through 22. And then it goes on to outline the whole revelation. And then it goes, shows you the timeline, which is also very interesting. And then we're going to go on to read Revelation to John, chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John, to the word of God, to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Salutation, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, of the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and releases us from our sins by his blood. And he who has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and his Father, 
To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn him, over him. And so it is to, to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who, who is to come, the Almighty. The things which you have seen, circumstances of the vision. Now we're up to nine. I, John, the brother and the fellow partaker of the tribulation and, and the kingdom and the perseverance which is in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos. Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, I was in the spirit on the turning the page, Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Tithia and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Lysodia, the content to the vision. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were like white like wool and like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like but burnished bronze that has been made to glow like a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in strength. Consequences of the vision. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Sorry. And the living one. Okay, let me read it again. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. That'll bring us up to chapter two next time. Okay, now let's read the notes. 
starting back to 1-1, Jesus Christ, from Jesus Christ, Jesus gave this revelation from God by means of an angel to John soon. This word does not indicate that events described in this book will necessarily occur soon, but that they will do begin to happen. They will come to pass swiftly. The same Greek word translated quickly. Blessed. These are the seven Beatitudes of Revelation. The first and the others are found, and it should tell you which ones they're found at. John wanted the book to be read at once, and preferably aloud in the churches. Seven, the number seven occurring 54 times in the book appears more frequently than any other number. In the Bible, it is associated with completion, fulfillment, and perfection. In Revelation, there are seven churches, seven spirits, seven lampstands, seven stars, seven seals in the scroll, seven horns, and seven eyes of the Lamb, seven angels and seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven heads of the dragon, seven heads of the beast, seven golden bowls, and seven kings, and seven spirits. Many understand this to refer to the Holy Spirit and his perfect fulfillment. Some take this to reference to seven angels who are therefore God, on God's throne, therefore before God's throne. One five, the firstborn of the dead. Christ was the first to receive a resurrected body that is immortal. And then in Colossians one fifteen, where he was designated the firstborn of every creature, he's the firstborn. And one six, the kingdom of priests, description of both Israel and the church. Indicating that we shall minister that we shall minister to him forever. Let's go back and read one six. And it says he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we minister to him also. Minister to us and we'll minister to him. And sin on Pierce, that means Jesus. Uh, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet indicating that the Lord God is the beginning and the end of all things. And in Patmos is a small ion in the Aegean Sea of Ephesus. And in the spirit, we're reading 110 now, is a state of spiritual ecstasy. And then he's speaking on the Lord's Day, likely not a reference to Sunday, which is called the first day of the week, but literally a Lordian day or an imperial day. The same adjective is used elsewhere only in Corinthians 11.20, referring to the vision and reveal the future time when Christ will judge and rule. That will be the Lord's Day when he returns. The lampstands represent seven churches mentioned in verse 11. In verse 113, Jesus' Christ's clothing designates him as a priest and judge. And it says a reference to the notice of description of ancient of days in Daniel 7-9. And then in 114 is like white wool, snow, pictures of Jesus' wisdom and purity. His eyes are like a flame of fire piercing and penetrating in holiness compares to the figure used in 1 Corinthians 3.13 in relation to judgment. And then it talks about 1.15, his feet walk through the trials and limitations of his earthly life. 
No one will talk back. No one will talk back to one who has such a voice. He's talking about his powerful voice. And then verses 1 through 16 through 20. In his right hand he holds seven stars, and his right hand is a place of honor. The stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the word angel could mean a superhuman being, implying that each church has a special guardian angel, or likely it refers to the human leader of a local church, where the word angels, which translated messengers, is used a human being or a sword. I choose to think that it actually means what it says. It's an angel. The symbol both of truth and of the severity of the word of God. And then I'm the first and the last. Again, Alpha the Amigo. Here Christ gives himself a similar title. And in 118, the keys of death and of Hades, the keys denote the authority of Christ has over physical death and of Hades, the place that temporarily holds the immaterial part of the unbeliever between death and the ultimate casting to the lake of fire. I didn't know hell was temporary. Hmm. So there is still hope. There's still hope. This verse gives the basic outline of the book, 119. Things which you have seen as recorded in chapter 1, things which are in the present state of the churches and things which take place after these things. The third section begins with 4.1, since the same phrase is used there. And 4.20, the stars are angels. And then we're going to go off and read chapter 2 next time. That's intense. So... Next time, we will move on to Chapter 2 of Revelation. It's intense. It's the truth. And you can know it when we read it. It has the ring of truth to it. So now we're going to go to the best stories of our guidepost of angels. I lost my place where we were last time. So let me see if I can find out, find where we were. <sighs> I think. Oh, yeah, we were, last time we were reading Angels from the Interpol. I, I couldn't get out of that. Okay, so this time we were reading. Let's see. Why don't we read. I think we need a little the rescue rain. We need a little rain in Southern California, Washington, parts of Washington and Oregon. We're having some severe uh, problems with uh, fires set by humans, and uh, it, so many of them is unbelievable. And uh, we need rain, so please pray for rain for uh, the west coast of the hemisphere, please. 
Okay, so this is called The Rescue Rain by Douglas Scott Clark. Bears are common in the Smoky Mountains come, come fall, but when one of them started raiding our family's beehives, I grabbed my rifle and cow horn and headed up Chestnut Mountain with my hunting dogs to track them down. The dogs picked up a scent in the huckleberry bushes. I ran after them, determined to keep up. Soon, we were a mile deeper into the mountains that I'd wanted to venture in that morning. I sat down on a log to catch my breath. I could hear the dogs barking as they trailed the bear along the far ridge line. Then I heard something else, a distant thunder. I turned to the west, shading my eyes from the sun. A long line of yellow-gray clouds filled the sky. Lightning streaks danced down from the clouds in the thin branching threads. Dry lightning, I said. There sure ain't any rain in that mess. The section of the Smokies where my family lived hadn't gotten rain in more than seven weeks. The forest was as dry as I'd ever seen it. At 16, I knew a dry forest plus lightning was a recipe for disaster. I hadn't want any bear that badly, not even one threatening my family. I stood up and blew my old cow horn. The sound sent a few birds up into the sky and brought the dogs running. They gathered around me like eager children, tails wagging, tongues hanging out. We'll go down by the stream so you all can get a drink, I said. Then we'll cut across the mountains and go ahead for home. All that the stream I filled at the stream I filled my canteen. Then I hitched my rifle on my shoulder and called, Let's let's go home. We all started climbing. As we came up over the top of the Chestnut Mountain, I got a chance to observe the storm more closely. It had intensified since I saw it in the valley. It was dangerous, yes, but it was also beautiful. The crooked lightning forked from one cloud to another, making them glow in a mixture of blues, yellows, and whites. The dogs disappeared ahead of me, and they'd make it home long before me. I stopped for a sip from my canteen. Crash, the thunder boomed over my head so loud the ground reverberated under my feet. A crash of lightning bleached out the sky. My whole body tingled. I looked up into the heavens. What is that? A bright, luminous sphere descended from the clouds. I've never seen anything like it. I was terrified. The phantom ball hoovered a few inches above the ground, then moved around the mountain, leaving a trail of flames in its wake. Fear gripped me. I was too scared to run. I could only watch in horror as the, the, the sphere spread fire along the mountain, right across the path to the other side and home. Once it cut off my escape, the ball disintegrated before my eyes. My last, my last, at, excuse me, at last my legs started working. I raced off in the opposite direction, back to the creek where we'd stopped to get water. The flames advanced behind me, moving fast over the ground. I remembered an old story my father told me. I was only a little boy, my daddy had said. I was walking home with your granddad one stormy night when a, a ball of fire came out of the clouds. It traveled over the valley right into an abandoned cabin. A second later, the cabin was completely consumed by flames. Daddy had seen the mysterious fire, too. He even discovered it in its name, Ball Lightning. Daddy and I can have a long talk about it when I get home, I thought, as I reached the stream, if I make it home. The tiny stream was no fire break. At best, it would be a temporary stopgap to slow the fire. 
my chances of outrunning the flames of foot range from slim to none, none, hopeless to none. I dropped my rifle into the water. Normally, leaving that rifle behind would be unthinkable. Now, with the heat of the fire bearing down on me, I just couldn't carry the extra weight. I could only hope I'd live long enough to retrieve it again. I looked over my shoulder as I laid it down. The flames had topped the crest of Chet Snuff Mountain. The race was on. I put my arms and legs and my eyes put my arms and legs and kept my eyes on the far ridge. I was young and athletic, but the mountain was steep. My breath came in short, raspy gas as a sharp, stabbing pain pierced my side. But I couldn't stop. Ahead, at the top of the next ridge, was a large outcropping of rock. If I could make it there, I thought I might have a chance. If the rocks, if the rocks could provide protection from the flame, I ran, stumbled, and crawled when I had to. Finally, I reached the stone formation. I crawled into the center of the rocks and collapsed. I looked down at the valley around me, and the forest was an inferno. The fire had followed the natural terrain of the hollows, completely surrounded my little island of stone, and the flames were getting closer. I huddled in a crevice and covered myself with my coat. The air around me got hotter as the flames closed in. It's like hiding in an oven, I thought. I just might be roasted alive here. My legs pricked as the heat penetrated my trousers. I tucked my legs up as close as I could to my body. My thoughts of home rushed to my mind, and my mother and my father, my sisters, my little brother, Buddy Earl. But that wasn't the home I was going to now. I was headed to my home with God. And if it was my time, I had to accept it. I threw back my coat, and I raised my arms to the sky. Please, Lord, accept me to your presence and take care of my family. I held my breath, and I heard a strange sound, like the fluttering of a thousand wings beating together. Then came the rain, not a light rain, like a shower on a spring day or a summer's afternoon, but a great deluge. The skies opened up and water poured down in a torrent. I ducked my head for fear of drowning in it. The rocks around me sizzled in steam when the blessed rain touched them. When the downpour stopped, I could raise my head and saw the valley around me blocked, blackened and charred, but safe once again. On shaky legs, I made my way back to the stream to retrieve my rifle, then down the slope towards home. I opened the back door and found Mama at the kitchen sink, and I'd never been so glad to see her. What happened to you, she said, frowning at my still dripping clothes. How did you get so wet? Caught in the downpour, I said. Downpour? We didn't get any rain here. This side of the mountain didn't see a drop. I guess my angel knew that rain was needed most. Thank you, God. Please, God, send rain to where it's needed most. We need it now. We really would appreciate it. We need rain to squelch the rain, the many, many fires that are burning, burning in the fire, the firesides of Washington, all across California. They're making the moon blood red every night. We would appreciate rain. Appreciate rain to help squelch all these fires, God. And to help the firefighters and the people fighting these fires and the homeowners that have lost so much and the other ones that are fighting back the fires and try to save their homes and their businesses. We ask in Jesus' name to please send us rain and just the right amount, God, to put out these fires. And for the safety and the renewing and these poor towns that have been wiped out 
We ask in Jesus' name to also heal us from this current plague that's everybody in the world is suffering from this this COVID virus and the flu season is coming upon us too and help us to stay safe and free from harm and help us heal from these viruses that are coming upon us and to help us have enough food and warmth and healing and medicines and to save us from our depressions and our illnesses and other things that have been plaguing us and things that are beyond our understanding. We just, we just are at your mercy, God, and at the mercy of our own creations of what we've been creating down here. I know that it's our fault and we are to blame and the evil one is also to blame. Help us, help us, help us. We are your servants. Please, God, send your angels to help us. We need your helping hands to help us. And me personally, God, I ask you to help me out of my current depression and my my health problems and to help lead me to the right answers for my current dilemmas. I would really appreciate it and help me to get here next week and as I come back and finished reading Revelation. I would really appreciate it. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I love you guys. I really thank you for being with us once again. I appreciate you. God bless you. And uh, we'll be be with you next week as we continue to uh, Revelation chapter 2. And I'm going to Finish this with uh, that song. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see. I like this. You gotta have faith. It's a good song. I like the guy that's singing it too, even though I don't know who it is. So God bless you, guy who sings this song. Love you guys. Let's end with our usual prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bye-bye. you got to have faith. Well, some people say you've got to smile through it all. I take a lick with a grin like some painted porcelain doll. And I was born a poor man's son with a bucket full of bloom It's hard to pretend you're winning When all you do is lose Lord knows I've been wrung out and spent I've got no money to pay the rent Strung out in the rain Living with this kind of blues You said you gotta have faith You gotta be strong 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 